Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 48. Today we are going to read and react to some of the latest in NFL news. There's some interesting things, uh, concerning things, some players retiring, um, you know, some question around whether the season will happen or not. So that's going to be an interesting uh, development to follow. And then we're going to dive into our NFC playoff predictions and where we think different teams are seated and what we think the ultimate Super Bowl matchup will be when we take a take a look back at what we predicted from the AFC uh, last week. So first and foremost, my name is Cyrus. I got my co-hosts Matthew Durgan and Casey Sully with me today. How are you fellas doing? Doing well, doing well. Doing good. Sports are back this week. They are. They are. After a long hiatus. The NBA starts next week, and then NFL training camp may or may not start this week and next week, so we're getting there. Hard Knocks says they're starting, or it's debuting this season on August 11th, so they're planning as if training camp's going to happen, covering LA, so both the LA teams. Which will be so boring, but better than nothing. Yeah, Yeah, better than nothing, but, you know, obviously we saw some developments today where the NFL is willing to forego the preseason, which would probably impact hard knocks and then also impact a lot of fringe roster players. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an interesting thing to talk about here. What do you guys think? Do you think this is likely that we don't see a preseason? Do you think it's a good or a bad thing? What are your takes on this? So I think there's no preseason for sure. I think that's, I don't think it's officially agreed upon, but it's going to happen. That's what the players wanted. And as much as everyone hates the preseason, it's always good to have one or two games uh, happen so we can see some of these fringe roster players get their chance. But if this means that we get a full 16-game season because no preseason and it makes the players feel safer, then I'm all for it. Then it's no big deal. And uh, In addition to no preseason, they have the testing where it's going to be testing every single day for two weeks until we get down to about 5% and then it's every other day, which... I'm shocked at actually how cautious the NFL is being. Uh, it's going to cost them a lot of money, but we talked about this in our group chat. It, no matter what, they have to do it. They want to make money. So ultimately, it's genius. Uh, we might see some rough patches, especially in the beginning, in terms of positive tests. But I think in the long run, it's going to do uh, going to do wonders. Yeah. yeah, and the money that it costs, I think it's like $75 million in testing. That's nothing compared to the money mm-hmm. they'll lose if, for some reason, they're not able to have a season. I mean, that's like that's like a, a small portion of advertising revenue that will be lost. So, yeah, um, it's it's worth it for them to institute it's, this. Mm-hmm. It's like ten seconds of a Super Bowl ad is <laughs> what that costs. Yeah. Seriously, uh, but obviously the owners want to have preseason because it makes them money. The players don't, uh, especially the top tier guys who don't need it. The the veteran quarterbacks and veteran players don't don't want preseason to happen. Obviously, the fringe guys, the the low draft picks, do. Um, I'd assume they increase the roster size so that uh, there's a little bit more of a buffer for the uh, the guys that end up testing positive because you're going to need probably a little bit more wiggle room there on your roster. So I'd imagine there's going to be a few more spots for those fringe guys, but. Obviously, not a great year for you to enter the NFL if you're if you're a guy fighting for a spot. Yeah, definitely not. And I mean, let's talk a little bit about that. And as far as the testing goes, we just saw. I think it came out today. I was reading it on Yahoo Sports. Ninety-five uh, players tested positive so far, and I don't think, as far as I know, they haven't released the total amount of tests they've done. But I, my guess would be is that not every player has taken a test yet. 
So the fact that 95 have already tested, and you got to imagine, I mean, if, if you start a training camp soon, they're going to be close. I mean, it's a contact sport. There is no six feet social distancing in football. It just doesn't happen. So I don't know. That's a little concerning. Well, so that 95, 95, 92, whatever it was, that was players who reported that they had it to their teams. So that's essentially from March to now before the they actually entered the facilities. So that number looks bad. And I know I, I was with you when I first saw that, but then I saw the source came from Pro Football Talk, a.k.a. Mike Florio, a.k.a. the guy who does not want football to happen this year. So I read the article, and it was the players who've had it so far the entire time. Obviously not a great sign, but it's not as bad as, uh, as it comes out to be. Sure. And I think... Uh, I don't want to say football is easier in some aspects, but football, you're getting on a plane eight times a year. Mm -hmm. So you have eight away games. Otherwise, you're at home. Compared to the NBA, when you're traveling like two or three times a week sometimes, or the MLB, where you have a ton of games and you're always traveling and all that. So the logistics are a little bit easier. Obviously, there's a lot of close contact, but if you can isolate your team and each team does that well, overall the logistics aren't super super difficult if if each team is individually isolated and they come together for that that game and then they go their separate ways and they're they're on their private like they're not flying commercial right they have their own yeah. private airplanes all that kind of stuff so uh, in some ways the nfl is easier to organize than having these bubbles like uh, the nba did and uh, the mls and all that kind of stuff so I agree, but I also disagree because the NBA is handling it in an interesting way where they're putting all their players sort of in one bubble and they're yeah. all sort of social distancing together. But the key difference when I think about this is the volume of players, mm -hmm. right? The NFL, it's a 53-man roster and then you have the practice squad and like you said, they may expand that to account for these problems. The NBA is a 15-man roster. So I think, you yeah. know, you look at the total number of players, it's almost threefold in the NFL, which also increases the odds by three. That, that somebody, you know, goes somewhere, contracts it, all it takes is one interaction, and that spreads exponentially. So there is, you know, logistically, it sounds like it could be easier because there is less travel, there is, you know, less, like like you were saying, potential, but all it takes is one mistake, and then one person in close proximity yeah. to another person, and it spreads throughout the whole league. Uh, yeah. And it, 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 it's it's going to be rough in the beginning. I mean, the next two weeks, there will be, on that mount don't want to, sound negative let's say a lot of tests but there's going to be a good amount of positive tests as it's going to happen but it's that's why they canceled the preseason a month from now will be the real indication of how serious these players are treating and these teams are treating uh, social distancing but people listening just wear a mask if you want football to happen if you want to see george kittle run over some seahawks wear <laughs> a mask it's not hard just wear a mask yeah, and totally if you want to see Carson Wentz get hurt again, wear a mask. You know, Ooh, if you want to yeah, see wanna... Aaron Rodgers get dogged by the Niners in the playoffs again, wear a mask. Good. I'm glad there that you go. self-deprecating. There you go. There you go. There, I had to even it gonna... out a little bit. I know I didn't want to trigger you too much. Well, I was I was going to hit you immediately with that. So you know, <laughs> you, you did it yourself. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, Carson Wentz can't get hurt if there's no season. So we'll see what that's, happens. That's true. Uh, Antonio Brown, Michael Bennett. Let's move on to these two players officially retiring maybe tbd on antonio brown what, mm -hmm. do, what do we think about this 
Michael Bennett, I don't really care. I don't think he's been relevant for a few years now. He's bounced around. He seems like he had a new team every single year. And I don't remember him making much of an impact on any of those guys. When he was with the Seattle Seahawks, he was balling. And since then, it seems like he's sort of dropped off the face of the earth. Antonio Brown, I think this is a little bit of a forced retirement. I don't think anyone wants to touch him. Are you going to trust Antonio Brown to uh, self-quarantine and stay away and behave (laughs) himself? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Michael Bennett, he had like three or four really good years on the Seahawks. Uh, besides that, it's been more bark than bite, in my opinion. Uh, still a good player overall, even though I hate him that he's on the Seahawks. And then, like you said, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is the Kanye West of the NFL. When his yeah. name it gets out of the news cycle, he forces himself back into it. So he is not really retired. If anybody calls him, he would absolutely respond and sign with any team at this point because I think he's desperate for money, desperate for attention. But, you know, it was kind of a no, no, uh, slow news cycle day yesterday, or this morning, whenever it was, and had announced his uh, quote-unquote retirement. Yeah, I'm with Casey. I think it's a little bit of a forced retirement. I'm sure he would he would want to play if he had the right opportunity and also the, if the money made sense. Um, but I am going to miss Michael Bennett's tiny shoulder pads. <laughs> that yes. was always sort of interesting to see like you know it's it's kind of jarring when i would see him on like well he played on the eagles for for a year but uh when he was on national tv you'd be like, who's this dude who's this big dude with the tiny shoulder pads like every every game he had these weird sort of shoulder pads that almost looked like he wasn't wearing shoulder pads mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna miss that i'm gonna miss that that that, that was unique <laughs> well yeah he said uh, he said he wore them because if offense linemen had less to grab onto he could get around them quicker which in that sense makes I, sense, but when you have a three hundred and thirty pound guy, like when he gets hold of you, you're not you're 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 done. Like you're screwed now. Yeah, yeah. and listen, I don't I don't I mean that's a if that's true, like works, that's great. But at at the same time, I'm not sure how much protection yeah. is coming from those pads. Yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah. I so. feel like he, he stole the punter's shoulder pads and yeah. used them every every week and uh, that was sort of his that's where how he psyched himself up you know George Kittle bangs his head on the wall Michael Bennett steals the punter's shoulder pads and, and walks out and then he's ready to roll you know yeah you know and maybe he's bruised up at the end of the game but he's able to hit that swim move nice and smooth so yeah exactly you know, it is what it is um, I think that's kind of all we have for news I mean the last thing I, I was reading which obviously it's up in the air and it kind of ties in with what we were talking about initially but the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, was saying that there are sort of three options being weighed um, as far as the season goes, and they're not super transparent as far as um, what else is on the table, but one of them is actually not having a season at all in 2020. Um, so obviously the pandemic is progressing, and it will kind of depend how things go and if the NFL is able to implement this testing and, and get players to agree to certain guidelines and, and things along those lines. Um but I think we can all agree we hope that a season happens, but we also hope that the players have a certain level of safety. And um, we'll see. I, I'm optimistic. The NFL seems to be proactive about it. But uh, I misspoke. There's one more thing that we should talk about, and it's arguably actually the most kind of, I don't even know if interesting is the right word, but concerning maybe. Uh, the Redskins. The Washington franchise. Known as news, Washington the franchise. Washington franchise. Come on. PC. Right. The team in, in Washington <laughs> that will have a new name soon, probably should have a new owner soon as well, and just a complete restart, refresh. They have been in the news cycle consistently for the past month, and 
some concerning things have have arisen. Um, I don't know if it, if you guys have have read this. Have you guys seen what's been? Oh yeah, of course you have. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah. We're, we're talking about this beforehand. The rumors of it beforehand were like bananas crazy, and then when the actual article came out about how creepy and all the sexual assault and harassment going on in Washington, it was kind of like, yeah, like no shit. Like Daniel Snyder sucks as an owner. He's probably the second worst owner in sports behind James Dolan of the Knicks. Uh, hopefully, he gets removed. Um, that would be the ultimate the situation. And I predict that Jeff Bezos, Mr. Amazon, uh, will take over because he owns the Washington Post to drop this hit piece, coincidentally. Conspiracy theorist uh, cap on. But, I mean, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, luckily, Ron Rivera is a adult. He's a great coach and a great person. And I think he's going to become the one to turn the tides and get this ship uh, back on the right path. Yeah, obviously super disappointing and a little bit disappointing that everyone was leaking this wild stuff because mm-hmm. I think it sort of overshadowed the actual allegations and issues that were going in. People were waiting for news about the Redskins playing off or the Washington team playing off the refs and <laughs> uh, John Gruden getting mad that one of his players was uh, hooking up with the same secretary that he was. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Some crazy stuff like that and then when people read all these sexual assault uh, issues that are going on within the Redskins uh, organization, you know, people are feel like, oh, that's it. And it sort of gets swept under the rug and people forget about it because they wanted this big, huge news story. Uh, and I think that's a shame because it's, uh, it takes a lot of strength for the women to come out and say this and put themselves out there, especially the ones that allowed themselves to be named. Um, to take that public scrutiny and subject themselves to that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength and uh, for people to be almost like upset at them for like oh this story wasn't big enough like how dare you tease all this stuff and now I just have to read about sexual assault um, is is pretty disappointing and poor journalism by the people that were were not involved I think the Washington Post did a, a fine job yeah. uh, releasing it and reporting it it was very thorough Um but the the people that were teasing it that didn't know exactly the contents of the article and hyped it up to this extreme level, uh, I think is sort of in bad faith and and not a good thing to do. A hundred percent. Couldn't have said it better myself, Casey. Uh, I think the league needs to take action and remove Dan Snyder immediately, sooner the better. There's for no sure. place for this in, in the NFL and, and in sports in general. And they need to do something and it's been it's been long overdue i mean there's been a lot of rumors throughout dan snyder's tenure as as owner of the of the uh, team in washington uh for a while now and obviously nothing concrete has has come to light but it's time i think for a new era in in uh, washington dc i'd be fine with if jeff bezos wanted to buy the redskins or the the washington team i keep messing that up um (laughs) I mean, he could probably buy him 20 times oh, over yeah. if he wanted. He, oh, he, he's sure. got enough money to do it, but uh, it, it would be it would be a good thing to see because this team for so long has been kind of marred by controversy, and Dan Snyder is at the center of it, and there's no denying that. I mean, he's he is probably in my for me, he's the worst owner in most all of sports. I know you said the Knicks owner was bad, but. Uh, I I don't know, man. Dan Snyder takes Pretty the bad. cake, and yeah. it's it's time for a new regime. It's time for for a change. Time for a new team name. It's just time, and it's overdue. Yeah, like say, click restart, start it all over again, rebuild from scratch, like rebuilding this team. The one thing that 
does play, I guess, in all this for Snyder is that somehow he was the only like person not accused of anything inappropriate in the article, which was to me one of the most crazy things because he is, in my opinion, the worst one out of them. Terrible person. Uh, but one quick last note. To me, what you said, Casey, about the media trying to leak everything is 2020 media in a nutshell where everyone wants to be first and not be correct. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they're overshadowing the biggest problem of it all, which is people mistreating other people, whether it's women, people of color. No matter what's going on, that's getting overshadowed because the media is trying to ruin it or tries to you know, be the first one to get their own name out there for their own selfishness. Yeah. And like you said, it, it didn't devalue it, but... It, it didn't make, I think, as big of an impact as it should have. Yeah, for sure. That was well said. Thank you. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> all right. Philosopher Let's right lighten the mood here a little bit. That we, we covered that. I mean, we all kind of have strong opinions on that. But let's talk about the NFC, the uh, wild card, divisional round, conference championship, and what we think would be an ultimate Super Bowl matchup based on our predictions last week. Uh, Durgan, you want to start us off and kind of run through your NFC playoff predictions? Yeah, so I got the Saints, Niners, Cowboys, Packers, Seahawks, Bucks, and Eagles in that order. Uh, so that would be the first round match of the wild card. Niners versus Eagles. I mean, you know who I'm going to pick on that one. The <laughs> Niners, I think, move on. Uh, I mean, just quickly about the Niners, the fact that they only lost two starters total on either side of the ball. When it comes to having no preseason games, that's going to be a huge dividend for them. That's going to help out a lot. Uh, also, essentially the same coaching staff. So they'll be pretty well prepared, uh, more so than most teams in the league who had to rely on draft picks or free agents. So that's the one good news for the Niners. Uh, and then one interesting matchup I think might happen is the Bucks and Cowboys. I'm high on the Cowboys this year, and I'm really high on the Bucks. I keep talking myself into the Tom Brady, you know, Gronk reunion that high-powered offense they have there, Bruce Arians. And I think that the Bucks might be a surprise Super Bowl contender team. People are talking about them, of course, and it may, maybe surprise is not the right word, but I think this team, as you'll hear soon, has a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I have them being the Packers, or being the Cowboys, excuse me, and then Seahawks-Packers. The Seahawks are the worst team in terms of roster that made it to the playoffs, but they have the true most valuable player in the league, Russell Wilson. I think they move on to the next round and beat the Packers, who, I mean, you can... In Lambeau? Yeah. You, I am offended you, 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 right you, can, you can talk about this team uh, more in depth, but <laughs> they they didn't get better, and you could argue they got worse. I mean, they lost Brian Bluaga. Well, you could say that for both teams. Well, but yeah, but you have Russell Wilson, who's better than Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. Embrace debate. Sure. No, I would agree with that. I think Russell Wilson's playing really well. So, I won't fight that one. But Then um, I'll wrap it up quickly. Then I have Bucks and Saints, Niners, Seahawks, Niners move on. And then I think the Bucks can beat the Saints for the sole fact that the Saints seem cursed in the playoffs the last uh, three years. Is it three years? Two or three years they've been screwed or somehow yeah. lost in a controversial fashion. Last year, Vikings. Then it was the Rams. Uh, then it was the Vikings before that, I believe, right? With uh, the Minnesota Miracle with Stefan Diggs. Yeah, Minnesota so that, Miracle. That's, yeah. that's three straight years of this terrible playoff losses. Uh, I, I can't bet on them doing well, even though the, I have them at the first overall seed. And then NFC Championship, Niners and Bucks. I think the Bucks defense is really good, but I think the Niners defense is better. 
I think that's what ultimately gets the Bucks is their bad offensive line and Manor's strong pass rush. Uh, we'll probably talk about our awards in the future, but Nick Bosa put in a Sharpie Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> very no unbiased, yeah. No bias, view man. of the whole NFC Championship I or mean, NFC playoff. You have to look at it. They are the best roster in NFC from top yeah. to bottom. So sure. I'm, I'm going to take my chances. I mean, I'm trying to not be a, a, a. Usually I bet against Niners or I always pick against them. But I'm a big J journalist. True. I had to be unbiased here. <laughs> I think that they'll make it once against the Super Bowl. Well, they have a rematch against the Chiefs. I don't understand your logic saying you're a big J journalist and you're being unbiased and then picking the Niners, though, right? I mean, that is biased. They, they're, here's, they're the best team, though. Like that, that, You can't say they're not the best roster, which is a good enough point for them to make it to Super Bowl once again. I have a thought experiment for you. Let's do it. Explain Let's do to it. us why, what would cause the Niners not be able to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? What would have to go wrong? What, what mm-hmm. issues could crop up that would prevent them from getting there? So, offensive side... Uh, I think if Jimmy kind of regresses or stays the same, I think that's going to – he has to get better, and I think he will get better. We, I mean, we saw with Trubisky mm-hmm. when he had his best year, which was still an average year with the Bears, the offense was cr- like clicking. It was creative. Yeah. But you have to adapt to get better in this league, and if Jimmy doesn't get better, then they're in deep shit. Uh, offensive line, I'm not overly too worried. They're in good shape. And it's not like this team relies – on a star running back or a star receiver uh, to get the job done. So I'm not too worried about that. Offensively, it comes on Jimmy because I know Shanahan's going to be creative. And then defense, uh, if Bosa got hurt, if Eric Armstead got hurt, injuries on defense, they're pretty well uh, stacked as well. But injuries can totally derail a season. And I think that and the play of Jimmy G will determine if they make Super Bowl or not. Yeah, I think uh, if Richard Sher- Sherman starts to fall off a cliff, mm-hmm. and if uh, who'd you get Kinlaw for Kinlaw, yeah. Buckner? Yeah, if Kinlaw isn't able to replace what Buckner was able to do uh, quickly enough or at all, maybe he doesn't pan out. He I think all of a sudden, to, no. I mean, uh, he won't be able to immediately. It'll be it'll be, it'll sure. be a committee. I know that, but like if 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 that becomes an issue uh, a weakness or a, a, an issue on that defensive line and then you already have some issues in the secondary and if Sherman mm-hmm. falls off all of a sudden you know there's a couple holes in that defense that might not be able to play as cohesively and as tightly i still have them representing the the NFC in the in the Super Bowl as well actually no i don't uh, they're in the NFC okay. championship before but. before we get to you Casey Durgan run us through who you have on the AFC side as the Super Bowl match. So it's Chiefs Niners Super Bowl rematch of last year. Okay. And then put your big J journalist cap on. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Chiefs. Chiefs. Ooh. Uh, okay. uh, I mean, it's a, it's a last year with a toss up game, and it came down to essentially a toss up game until the last two minutes, essentially. Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs, they had the firepower until I see Jimmy G be able to carry a Super Bowl win. Or a playoff win by himself. I don't know if he can win a Super Bowl. He can mm-hmm. get there, but winning a Super Bowl, getting a Super Bowl is a lot different. Rex Grossman got to a Super Bowl, so it's true. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I, if I picked the Niners to win a Super Bowl, also that would put them actually winning at zero. That would be too much of a jinx. So I, I, that's also part of the reason why I didn't pick them is because I knew that it would be a jinx. 
I see. Are, are the are the 49ers the new Bills? Are they the Bills of the 2020s? I hope not. I hope not. If, they, if they are, then uh, the state of California will have an alcohol shortage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. Casey, run us yeah. through yours. Uh, so I have the Saints with the, the first round by. They're the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, and then I have the 49ers playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals mm. sneaking in at the number seven seed. Mm. Um and I don't think it's going to be super close. I think both the regular season matchups are going to be close. I think they split during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the 49ers just blow them out in the playoffs. So I have the 49ers moving on. Um, the Packers basically are having the exact same playoffs as they did last year. They play the Seahawks at home. They win, again, I think, playing at Lambeau uh, in the cold, especially with the offense that Matt LaFleur wants to build and is building. Um with that power run game with A.J. Dillon and uh, getting some more tight ends involved and all that kind of stuff, even if there's no fans, uh, I think the Packers stand a good chance against a Seattle team that that really didn't improve just sort of like the Packers. So I think all things being equal, they stayed relatively the same, both those teams, and I think the Packers just match up well with them. Um, And then I have the Cowboys uh, playing the Vikings. I think that'll be a fun matchup to, to watch. That might be the most exciting matchup there is on wild card weekend um i always like that the four five matchup Mm -hmm. it always seems to be uh, a good one um but i have the cowboys winning at home um against the vikings mike mccarthy is getting that team back on track and cyrus you know is in dismay because the eagles aren't in the playoffs so he's he's just very sad staring at the tv blankly uh, as he watches all the the elite teams compete for for a super bowl while his team is sort of just you know being sad eagles the eagles wings are clipped in this situation so uh for the divisional round i have the saints playing the cowboys saints winning um and then i have the 49ers playing the packers i think again if if it was at lambeau field i think the packers would have a really good shot but uh just like the packers match up well against the seahawks the 49ers match up well against the packers and so i have the 49ers beating the packers which is exactly what happened this last year they beat the seahawks and then lost to the 49ers then I have a rematch of that really exciting game, Saints versus 49ers from this last year. And I think the Saints pull it out this time. I think their their defense doesn't collapse at the last second. George Kittle, uh, maybe he rumbles and bumbles, but he doesn't get the face mask. <laughs> and so that 15 yards makes a difference, and uh, the 49ers don't pull it out. So ultimately, I have the Saints playing the Ravens in the Super Bowl Apparently, I was very high on the Saints. I think my opinion has changed a little bit since I, I filled out the bracket, but I have the Saints beating the Ravens in the Super Bowl. And then Drew Brees rides off into the sunset, sort of like Peyton Manning did, and uh, he does what he does with his his life. And then they get Jameis, uh, starting quarterback, 2021, the Saints. I'm in. There you I'm go. I'm so in for yep. that. Lined up. Lead, he'll lead the league in touchdowns and interceptions, interceptions again. Well, mm-hmm. Isn't Brees going to be on NBC uh, football? After he retires, like I think he already has an agreement in place to replace uh, uh, Collinsworth. It was somebody. I don't know if yeah, it was Breeze. I saw that headline too. Which I mean, I, I think uh, Breeze does. Yeah, I remember. I remember was, that. Was it Breeze? Seeing that? Yeah. Great job. Yeah, I think he has some sort of uh, color commentator gig lined up. He'll be if great. I correctly, he'll be great at it. Yeah, I can see him. I can see him doing a good job. He's no Tony Romo, you know, but he'll he'll do yeah. a good job. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, well, Casey got a little personal in that. that <laughs> felt uh, unnecessary, but that's fine. Um, anyways, now I feel like I should change some of my change matchups everything. here just to get back at him, but I won't. 
because I'm going to be like Durgan and put my big J journalist hat on mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> until you guys call me biased for one of my matchups. But anyways, my rankings, I have the Niners getting the first seed. I got the Saints in the second seed. I got the Packers in the third seed. Um, I got the Eagles in the fourth seed winning the NFC East. I got the Bucks in the fifth seed. And I have the Seahawks in the sixth seed and the Cowboys in the seventh seed. So the first matchup, which I'll talk about here, is the Cowboys at the Saints. Um, I think the Saints, I'm a little high on them as well, Casey. I'm, I'm with you, and you'll see that yeah. as the bracket progresses. But I think they beat the Cowboys pretty handedly, so they move on. And then we have the Packers at Seahawks, similar to what we've all had, which is an interesting, an interesting coincidence that we all kind yeah. of have the Packers and the Seahawks playing each other. But I guess that comes down to the Packers winning their division and the Seahawks coming in, in the wild card spot. Um, so I got the Packers moving on as well and facing the Saints, which I think would be the most exciting game potentially uh, leading up to the Super Bowl, the Packers and Saints. And then moving down, I have the Eagles at the Bucks in the wild card round uh, with the Eagles beating the Bucks and moving on to <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, face the 49ers. So in the next round here, Saints at Packers, I got the Saints moving on. And then Eagles at Niners, I got the Niners moving on. There you go. So we got... We got Niners and Saints, which I think is also a really good matchup, with the Saints beating the Niners and moving on to the Super Bowl to face the Ravens, which I had a tough time doing this because I like the Niners a lot. I think their roster is very well-rounded, but I think Drew Brees elevates this team in the playoffs to a level that Jimmy G won't be able to. And I know Kyle Shanahan will scheme and blah, blah, blah and all that, but when it comes down to it, great quarterback play can sometimes win you games. And I think Drew Brees can make that happen. If Alvin Kamara comes back to form, uh, Michael Thomas is could be in the conversation for best receiver in the league. So this team, I mean, they have they have some holes on defense, uh, some few holes on the O-line, but I think the Saints are poised to make a run in the playoffs this year, assuming health is, is all uh, good. And then we have a Saints and Ravens Super Bowl this year with Durgan's favorite team, Led by Durgan's favorite oh, quarterback, no. Lamar Jackson, getting his first Super Bowl W and and beating the Saints. If the Ravens win the Super Bowl because of Lamar Jackson, I'm going to log off of social media for all of 2021. No. Like, uh, I think what you need to do is buy his jersey and wear it. Oh, man. You can post yourself. I, I, post a selfie of Durgan in a Lamar Jackson jersey I, if, I if actually the Ravens made win that the Super bet. Bowl I mean, they, on Instagram. I already made that bet with a buddy of mine, I'm pretty sure. So if that happens, <laughs> I'm going to be miserable. Um, I mean, <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna cry. Actually, I think I think we need like a video of him just saying like I was wrong. Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. <laughs> I, I will record a video of me and all Lamar Jackson gear, like a two minute like <laughs> press conference of me just debunking myself and saying how stupid I was that Lamar Jackson uh, can lead a team to Super Bowl. Which I mean that'd be very bad for me. Very bad for me. Very bad. I'm it's now. Not. I'm a Ravens fan now. I, I want to <laughs> yeah. switch my pick. Let's go Ravens. <laughs> All right, so it's not out of the question. I mean, that's a good team. So you better get is. ready, Durgan. I, I, they're the chance. They're the chance. I mean, if he runs for 200 yards a game, which he should be, they have a chance. But maybe he tries to drop back and pass. I talked about last week his uh, inability to throw in big uh, games. So we'll see what happens. Uh, he beat the Niners last year. Well, yeah, in a hurricane, pretty much. The game was freezing, cold. It was raining. So all I did run, and it was great. Some ex- so Jimmy G needs some perfect excuses to Jimmy, perfect weather. Jimmy G and- needs to lose like maybe ten pounds and just work out the legs. 
gets fast <laughs> and he have his chance. He skips leg day? Yeah. At the gym? I think so. Okay. It's work on his uh, it's work on his good looks, you know, it's not easy. You can't teach that kind of speed that Lamar Jackson has. You can't teach good looks no either. How many leg days? But I, I have a I have, I have a legit football question here. About the Packers. Okay. Uh-huh. Why in the hell did they not go out and get anybody on defense to stop the run? Like, they did. Christian Kirksey. Okay, him and Blake Martinez, who was their, probably their best run defender when it came to linebackers, they, they cancel out. Did they pick up no like linemen uh, to beef up? Like, what the well, hell if, are they doing? I think the issue, number one, Kenny Clark is maybe the best defensive tackle in the league not named Aaron Donald. Oh, uh, that's a hot take. You can go look. That's a hot you can take. Go look. Maybe, you can go look. Run, He's really, really, really good. One defender, maybe. One uh, defender. The problem is they're super thin behind him, so they don't have a lot of people to rotate with him. So he played like 85% of snaps last year, which is just not no. sustainable yeah. for a defensive tackle. Um, and I think Christian Kirksey, he, he's way more athletic, but he has some injury issues. And I think... Uh, the biggest issue with Blake Martinez was if he took a wrong step, he wasn't Too slow. athletic enough to recover. So Christian Kirksey can play run first and still get back to his passing lane, uh, whereas Blake Martinez really struggled to do that. Gotcha. Where if he committed too much to the run, he couldn't get back to his passing lane. That made him more passive. Now he's making a ton of tackles, but he's making them four, five, six yards behind the line of scrimmage or past the line of scrimmage, uh, where I think if Kirksey understands things and is healthy can uh play a lot at a lot there's a lot higher ceiling with, with him and he can recover a little bit better than than blake martinez can fair enough i mean it makes sense still i think they're in deep trouble when it comes to and run but and i agree I, I i don't think they improved a ton i think he'll help but uh adrian amos played really well in the box um but they really didn't solidify sort of anywhere, any positional group on, on their offense or defense, aside from maybe running back. I th- so I think they're banking on the Smith bros being as good yeah. as they were last year. I mean, they are great last year, but they, were, they, went, they, were they, were, really they went from being 7-8 sacks a season guys to 12-13, and 13, which is yeah. that's tough to do twice. It is. If, if, you it, can, it is. if you do it, then power to them. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe LeFleur's plan is to just run the ball – himself a bunch to the point where time of possession is just heavily in your favor and then the other team can't run the ball because they don't have the ball <laughs> that would be that's nice a, i mean that sounds great that, works. Yeah. That, that would be i mean hey next some next level strats right there um, <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap things up there though on episode 48 of the weekly spiral we greatly appreciate you guys tuning in and hanging out with us uh, please check us out weeklyspiral.com you can find all our social handles as well as the latest and greatest in content that we are pumping out you guys want to plug anything that is coming up that the listeners should check out? Derek Carr. He's oh, better than you might think. Your guy. And a video is coming out on him uh, this week. So if you're listening to this, go to the YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube slash Weekly Spiral or go to our, our website and find the link there. But uh, breaking down what he does well and how he fits in Gruden's system and, and uh, his potential for this next year uh, as I think they'll start to unleash things a little bit more since they have more speed on that team now. Yeah, that'll be an interesting storyline to follow. I feel like Derek Carr is always kind of just on the cusp of being like a really good quarterback, but never really quite there. So we'll see 
if he can get there. And yeah, like Casey said, youtube.com slash weekly spiral. We're really trying to bolster that. Go like, subscribe, uh, hang out with us there, leave a comment. We are going to be pumping out videos there. More specifically, Casey is going to be pumping out videos there. But really cool stuff. Um, and I say it every week, but if you weren't sure, Casey is definitely a football nerd and he knows a lot more than I, than I ever thought he did. So watch those videos <laughs> and uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Durgan, what do you have coming up, my man? Well, side note, back to the YouTube. I mean, we're getting, what, 100 subscribers a week, roughly, give or take. So it's a, it's, it's a fast-growing YouTube channel. If you're not on it, subscribe, please. I'm no, I'm, that's all, Casey. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough for that yet. But, yeah, please subscribe. Uh, in terms of my blog post, I got one coming out Wednesday. So when you hear this, I'll be up on Javon Holland, who happened to go through the best high school in the entire world, Bush Dowd. Side note, mm. that's where I went. Uh, <laughs> now, now he plays for Oregon. He's going to be a first-round pick, hopefully. Uh, interesting safety slash slot corner. That's going to be up Wednesday, like I said. And then I have a Niners fantasy slash season preview. Uh, more focus on fantasy. That will be out Friday. Awesome. Nice. Looking forward to it. This has been a weekly spot production, bringing you fresh football every week. Thank you again for sticking with us and tuning in. And we look forward to hanging out with you on episode 49 next week. Peace.